geopolitics and empires, joined by Riggs Eckleberry, who's a nationally renowned entrepreneur dedicated to revolutionizing the water industry, which has reached a critical breaking point in recent years, despite being essential to the planet's survival as the founding CEO of Origin Clear. That's originclear.com. Riggs has developed innovative solutions to help businesses face rising water bills by tapping into new investment Markins, he's even pioneering the development of water stable coins, a cryptocurrency backed by water assets. It's uh, great to have you on Geopolitics and Empire, Riggs. Everybody, it's such an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we talked not long ago uh, on my TNT radio show, and uh, I think this will be an even more in-depth treatment about uh, water and the work that you're doing i think it's a, it's a big and important topic and uh i think i need to dedicate more time on the podcast to discussing energy resources minerals you know water and i do believe that access to clean water is an increasing issue uh in mongolia where i used to live we'd get our water from wells we'd have to filter and boil it constantly you know that was the way of life uh just an interesting anecdote last year i was in my home of croatia and the clean water demand just keeps rising and i, I noticed uh they cut our water for a while because they had to install these massive water pumps in their neighborhood that uh, i learned later run on diesel fuel so every day they got to be feeding diesel fuel to pump the water uh, to our homes in Croatia because it's mountainous. And then you think of how much energy is required just to get that water going. And then here in Mexico, we get our drinking water, a lot of us delivered. So think of what happens if the system collapses or stops. I mean, this is very fragile and the cost keeps uh, rising. So maybe, you know, to identify the problems first, uh, Riggs, we, you know, what can you uh, tell us about the, the water problems, the, the, the issues, and, you know, as well, especially related to clean water everybody yes well the golden age of water was really symbolized by that massive new york uh it's called the delaware system which is a, a massive um uh water aqueduct and piping system that was built by italian masons back in the early part of the 20th century <clears throat> and that new york was famous for its clean clean water just beautifully pure and there were a lot of projects like that you know this this was the era of hoover dam for example giant uh central projects um unfortunately starting about you know post-war about 1960 um the that stopped and we started getting into just maintaining what was there. operation and maintenance costs for our infrastructure have risen steadily since 1961 while the actual replacement or or expansion of those assets and modernization has not been happening and it's now showing up you know in these situations like flint michigan and i could name a half a dozen right off the bat um but we still think water is kind of being taken care of okay and it's just not so riots across europe unprecedented food and energy inflation increasing military conflict around the globe and a rising digital police state the fourth turning is here and so is the Expat Money Summit. The free online event, expatmoneysummit.com, is back and will help you navigate these turbulent times. Featuring dozens of renowned experts such as Dr. Ron Paul, international man Doug Casey, Jim Rogers, and Mark Faber, the summit will reveal how you can reclaim your freedom abroad, reduce your tax bill, protect your wealth, obtain multiple citizenships and residencies, become part of a like-minded global community, and more. Founder of expatmoney.com, Mikhail Thorup, 
will be your guide on this journey to protect yourself from economic collapse, World War III, authoritarian Western regimes, and Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. Simply go to expatmoneysummit.com and enter your email to reserve a free ticket to the event. Do it now. That's across the board. I mean, I think that's great how you identified that. We have the same problem with uh, electricity. I've had uh, experts on either my show or podcast who talk about you know the, the electric grid. It's the same situation. It's just being maintained. There's no more uh, modernization, upgrading, development, and uh, the same thing can happen to the electric grid as it can with the with the water uh, in the uh, United States. And what can you tell us about? You know, for example, there's talk about water running out uh scarcity uh you know what's going on there yes we're over pumping water uh to a great degree we've heard a lot about the uh, colorado watershed going down into all the western states and creating droughts um and um but but what's less known is for example the ogallala aquifer which is which is the central um united states which is um much of our produce is produced in the middle of the country is running down as well. I think it's at least 150 feet down from where it was. And it takes hundreds of years. You know, replenishing groundwater is not, you don't, don't just pump it into the aquifer. It has to seep in. And if you're overdrawing it, um, it's it's going to cause a catastrophe. I recently saw that uh, I covered this on my, I do a, as you know, a weekly CEO briefing every Thursday night on originclear.com. And I covered what's going on in South Africa where uh, wealthier people are paying money to have their own bore wells dug and they're getting water. Uh, it's costing, you know, let's say $5,000. But the real problem is, is now everybody's over pumping the water in South Africa and it's not being centrally managed. Um, there are models for good water management, but it's not being done in America. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's like mead out in uh, Vegas. I used to go to Vegas often because I used to have family there, and you'd notice the, the the levels going down. And you know, I'm I'm frank with my views that I don't believe in the theory of man-made global warming. But there are people that go to one extreme where they say, uh, you know, there, there's it's all a lie, and we've got all this endless energy. I don't think that's true uh, either. That as as you kind of laid out, that people are overusing, even if it's renewable, we can overuse the renewable. Uh, resources and then you know we're we're out of water and it's the same principle here in Mexico you just mentioned South Africa you know people who have money uh dig wells on their property and get access to it but still uh, water uh quantity is becoming an issue what about the the quality of of water uh, that you, you know you mentioned flint but uh, you know what, what's the trajectory or trend is the, how bad is the the quality of water getting Yes, and there's a very good um, organization, Environmental Water Group, EWG.org. If you go to EWG.org slash tap water, you can put in your zip code if you're in America, and it will tell you, okay, here's what the regulations are. And I would say virtually all of the locations are compliant because they have to be. But then it shows how it's, you know, 5,000 times the level of what science since then has determined and the regulations haven't kept up. And here's the biggest reason why. The municipalities, the utilities have a hard enough time keeping up with even minimal demands for, for example, the arsenic levels in California got got um, made were, were made more challenging. And that was that just became a major issue for the uh, the utilities in, in, in uh, California. There's 150,000 water utilities in America, some of them very small. 
and they're just not equipped to deal with the realities of modern toxic chemicals, including one of the toughest ones of all, which is Roundup glyphosate, which uh, I believe now uh, more than 90% of Americans have glyphosate in their system to some degree. Um, and your system can support a certain amount. I had my levels tested a while ago because I ate organic. Um, I was at the level of a European, right? In other words, not much. Um, but you, if you, it, it adds up. And uh, one of our uh, um, partners uh, is actually an MD in uh, Wisconsin. And he sees farmers come off their farms with glioblastomas, with, with brain tumors caused directly by oversaturation of the Roundup. So this is a real problem and it's not being filtered out. Um, there's, you can obviously remedies at home, you can and should do that. We can discuss that briefly. But what it really comes down to is why is the system overloaded? And if nobody's going to pay for it to be built, built up, then what's the remedy? And that's where we come in. Yeah, just real quick, if you could mention that regarding uh, the the remedies at at home, uh, regarding if people want to you know protect themselves from the glyphosate and, and stuff like that, I'd be happy to just you know cover that briefly. First of all, I'll just take the example of we moved into our condo. This is behind me is Clearwater, Florida, um, and we we escaped LA in June 2020 and came here. We're super happy. Um, the uh, the west coast of of Florida um, around the Tampa latitude is is just fine it's wonderful um anyway so what we decided to do with some we were given some advice we went ahead with a, a whole condo ultrafiltration system not expensive it takes things down to 0.2 microns which takes care of things like the forever chemicals right does not take care of the glyphosate because that's smaller than that um under the sink, we installed a reverse osmosis system with a remineralization step and a pH rectifier so that it would remain, it tastes smooth. It's got that high pH um, mouthful, mouthfeel to it. And that is absolutely pure. RO is as good as distillation. It completely takes everything out. Um, now, by the way, you, reverse osmosis as an industrial scale process is very wasteful because the tremendous amount of reject water uh, comes out as brine, and that that is um, part of the part of the drought problem. But I won't get into that. Um, so on a spot basis, RO makes sense as we did with the uh, the under sink system. And then for our shower heads, my naturopathic doctor advised me to get um, a shower filter that was designed to take out the glyphosate because he said that, you know, your skin is absorbing this stuff in the shower all the time. And that um, the one we got, I don't represent the company, but it's, uh, I got it on Amazon, Max Pro Max One, Max Pro Max One is one that that does the job. So that combination of three things and you're pretty much set and it wasn't too expensive. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I used to have the, the I, may, I may have even had that shower filter, but you know, I left and came back to Mexico and I, I think I need to, I hadn't uh, put back the filter, so I got I got to get back on uh, that. And then, what about cost? Uh, again, in general, if, uh, of water, my guess is that it's in general um, increasing here in Mexico. The utility is it's it's a public utility. The cost is still pretty low. 
it's I guess there's a slow trend of uh, increase, but the the cost of the water we purchase, the clean water, the private from the private companies, it's absolutely skyrocketing in terms of Mexican pesos. Uh, and then you know just uh, in, in in the U.S., I mean, in, inflation and the cost of, of of clean water. How's that looking? Well, first of all, water rates have been skyrocketing at far greater rate than inflation. Um, so uh, over a period of time, I think 10 years, it's like triple inflation. So um, what's happening is because the uh, utilities are underfunded, they basically lost access to federal funds, which were generous in the 1970s as grants. They basically dwindled down to almost nothing and became loans. So that wasn't very helpful. Um, and then the states may or may not have the funds to do things. Of course, there's a bigger problem, which is if you know, as you get expansion of of people and um, industry and agriculture, you want to build new sites. But you know, here in my county, it's completely built up. Where is it? Where are you going to put it? There's the NIMBY problem, and so as a result, even if they had the money, they, they wouldn't be able to expand. Okay, um, the water rates have been increasing. <clears throat> and um, there's a very high percentage of um, utilities uh, customers that are either running behind on their water bills or delinquent, which doesn't help the utility. And eventually they have to cut them off. And now the person who got cut off is reduced to buying water the way you do it in Mexico. And that's much more expensive. So it's a vicious circle. It doesn't work. Our solution is very different um, because industry and agriculture um, make up 90% of all water demand. And we're talking about freshwater demand, but also the demand for sewage treatment, which is just as important. You got to treat the dirty water too, right? Um, otherwise it comes back <laughs> to haunt you. Um, so now the, the ratio between industry and agriculture varies in the United States is roughly equal. Um, place like Somalia, it's 90% agriculture, 10% industry. But the, um, and I'm just talking rough numbers here, the, the stats are on world and data if people want to take a look. Uh, freshwater demand, just look under that, you'll see all the, uh, all the stats. Um, so 90% of the demand is industry and agriculture. Well, if you have an underfunded program, then, and you don't have money for it, you know, if you're overspending on your credit cards, then stop spending, right? In this case, let's reduce the load. Let's take the burden off the central systems. And the good news is that um, it works very well for industry and agriculture to do their own treatment, to become self-reliant. Um, it works out very well. Number one, they have they can lock in water rates with a service, a long-term service contract. So now they don't, they're not, they're not at the whim of the uh, utility. Number two, they can recycle. They can get more than one turn out of the water, which reduces their water bill. And in places like California, that's huge. I mean, I know of residential users in California, they have a $12,000 a month water bill. You know, now, big house, but still, it's a lot of money. Um, and the third thing is, which is less obvious, is they have less interference from the city or county because they're meeting a requirement and they're they're recycling and then whatever's left over they're just dumping into the groundwater fully treated and everybody's happy so that is decentralized 
water treatment, self-reliant water treatment. And I've been um, talking about this since 2016 when Lux Research came out with a webinar um, that documented the, the rise of decentralization and the stats behind it. And I became very excited about it. I started writing articles in water trades and I was kind of a prophet in the desert for a long, long time. Um, now it's accepted. So in 2018, we decided Origin Clear um, because we're, we're a, we incubate businesses. So in 2018, we uh, created a business called Modular Water Systems, which is essentially a downscaling of the utility grade water systems into a box that can go into a brewery, uh, car dealership, um, RV campground, uh, housing development, et cetera, um, and just, just drop it in. They just have to have a pad, plumbing, electricity, and the thing comes in, gets dropped. We have some videos that <laughs> demonstrate this. Unbelievable. In six hours, the thing's done. It's fully self-contained. Um, that's a necessary ingredient, obviously, for decentralization because you got to have the tech. Um, and then secondly, uh, we uh, innovated during COVID something called water on demand because um, the space we work in small to medium businesses is not, does not have the capital that PepsiCo has. And the big corporations have done just fine in the last three years, but smaller businesses, they have to pay attention. And so water on demand basically lets them sign a service contract and not pay the capital expense for the water system. And what we put in place was basically a system a lot like oil wells, where they have these master limited partnerships and uh, investors, regular investors like you and me can go into a master limited partnership and receive um, royalties. In the energy uh, uh, space, it's tax advantaged. We we make it advantaged a different way because we we give um, because the energy um, advantage is only in energy. I mean, the uh, tax advantage is only in energy. Um, so what we do is we use the same structure when we add a big equity bonus uh, to participate in Origin Clear and what on demand. So long story short, water is now coming out of government monopoly and is becoming a private activity. Um, Funded by investors, um, mostly accredited investors, although from time to time we have a crowdfunding initiative, and um, going out to companies that that want to do this and um, want the technology, but also want the capital help. And that's what we're doing. We're very excited about it. Um, we're ramping up water on demand with acquisitions. Um, and it's an interesting space because we're not the only ones. Uh, this concept of water as a service is not new. Um, in fact, um, one of the longtime players um, is now known as Seven Seas, and they they do desalination plants for entire islands on a private metered basis. And but here's the difference: they're funded by Morgan Stanley Capital Partners, um, or rather, Morgan Stanley Infrastructure Partners is the correct term. Um, another. Um, company in the space is called Cambrian, very good company. They're funded by venture capital. So not open to regular investors. We have decided to focus on the regular investor. And um, what we find in 
uh, this is true in America, but it's true in a lot of places. People who have a little bit of money, but not a lot, don't know what to do with their money. Stock market, I have no idea. Is it going to go down, up? The other day, you know, gold shot up. I didn't expect that, right? So, and then uh, XRP, boof. But, but, you know, we're, we're not in that loop. We're not getting that pre-IPO stuff that the favored people get. And so what we decided to do is as water is becoming a unicorn type space, I mean, literally in May, a unicorn was created with some MIT technology. So it's becoming a billion dollar um, private, billion dollar private companies are starting to happen again in water. So as that's happening, we are, want to make it possible for everyday investors to make a, an investment and get a good return, generational return on their money, just like an oil well. Yeah. And, you know, th this is like the free market uh, at work when the government fails, uh, you know, you just take matters into your own hands, you uh, decentralize. And uh, before getting to what I also think is interesting, the the, the crypto part, the the uh, water stable coins, uh, if we could just go back for a moment, uh, I'm still slightly confused. You know, this is outside my domain. And, you know, there's people that listen that have small businesses around the US or the world. Uh, you know, I've been the, the Greater Reset, for example, uh, Derek Rose and John Bush, John Bush in Texas, Derek Rose down here in Mexico. And there's a lot of people forming these, you know, entire parallel community communities and, and, and structures and, you know, farms and, and, and businesses all over the place. And um, if you could just explain a little more how your decentralized private modular system works, for example, if you've got a business somewhere in the US, and you're having these water issues with the public utility, does your system still use the public utility or is it completely uh, cut off? Uh, you know, th does that business then not need to use the, 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 the you know, the US government's water supply? Uh, how does that work? The default is to use the central water supply and that's just a, a small water pipe. You know, it's not, it's, you're not digging a big sewage system. Um, some people can opt to dig a well, and that's fine too. Um, so the, the question about the incoming water can be resolved either by just continuing to buy water from the city, which 99% of our customers do because it's easy. Um, but then you can always have your well and eat it too. That was terrible. Um, but you know, you can have a well. The important part is sewage. Why? Sewage travels on high pressure lines. It does not travel on gravity lines. So that's what makes it so expensive. And if you, you've heard in the news over the years about water main breaks, well, water mains only break when there's pressure. A, a regular gravity-fed system, there's nothing going on. It's just, it just flows and there's no pressure. But when there's pressure, then you get you know corrosion, whatever, and it bursts. So when that bursts, that reduces the ability of the city to process that sewage from whatever neighborhood it was coming from. And that's a big part of the problem for them. The network is degrading. A big part of our business at Modular Water Systems, for instance, is a, the strangest thing, but there's these, um, and you mentioned pump stations, right? Pump stations are a critical part of the grid. And because every time you change levels, you got to have a pump station. Generally, pump stations are for fresh water, potable water, lift stations are for sewage, although it's roughly interchangeable. But the point I'm making is 
They have usually been built with concrete, steel, or fiberglass, and they degrade. And now you have the water seeping into the underground under underground aquifer, uh, which loses revenue in case of fresh water, and it loses, and it also in the case of sewage, it pollutes it. So the solution is this: become self-sufficient on sewage treatment. It's relatively simple. Um, we are seeing an explosion of that happening in, um, for example, in North Texas right now. There's a there's a huge population boom post COVID, and um, all the way to the Oklahoma border, and uh, they're racing ahead of the utilities capacity. And so we're putting in these containerized uh, systems. Um, and in fact, there's a great video on the Origin Clear YouTube with feature, featuring Jimmy Moon up in uh, up near uh, uh, I think it's called Munson Point up near Oklahoma, and he's it shows this cool 40-foot container that just got dropped in, boom, and just does it. And you got more, if you got more houses, you just put more containers, right? So <clears throat> that's becoming a solution where there's a lot of expansion. A major factor we think in decentralized water is going to be deglobalization. We know that's happening. Um, already there's a lot of demand. Um, I've, I've heard that, for example, um, unemploy unemployment is virtually zero in places like Tijuana because there's so much demand for for uh, labor. It's also in that area, I've heard of about a million square feet of deficit of um, manufacturing and warehousing space. That's going to continue. So northern Mexico, southern Texas are going to be very strong for um, these businesses that come back because you know, the China, China Southeast Asia experiment worked well at a time when we didn't have a lot of automation. And we had a lot of people willing to work for not much money to assemble, you know, stuff from chips to parts to whatever. But now we have automation and a modern factory can run with very few people. What's going to be coming over the next 20 to 25 years is this. Um, inflow of you know state-of-the-art automated factories and they'll perforce they'll have to have integrated water treatment because they're going to overtake the water system i have a good friend who uh, has a water um concession in in the state of puebla and um he tells me his customers are the anglos right because those are the ones that by corporate mandate from the 50 you know states are required to do it even in mexico the local mexicans well you know let 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 the uh uh river run in rainbows shall we say um and so uh but this is going to be remedied by the fact that it will be american companies that establish manufacturing in mexico um and they there will be a gradual move towards things being cleaned up. Uh, the river Atoyac, which is the one in Puebla, is going to be cleaned up. Uh, Mexico is moving towards that. It's actually, as you know, a great economy, has a great future ahead of it. Um, and I think it's going to be even more so. So these deglobalization forces, I think, are going to drive a lot of self-reliant water treatment and as you say, possibly, you know, drawing your own water from the ground, but for sure, treating your own dirty water.
Throughout history, empires have risen and fallen. Some of the most successful empires were those that offered people a reason to come, often lower taxes and the prospect of citizenship. In ancient times, empires would say foreigners can become one of us and prosper through business and trade. Throughout history, people have gravitated to jurisdictions that have given them the best conditions to do business. So if you run a business, you should consider nomad capitalists because they help entrepreneurs and investors relocate to parts of the world where they can keep more of their wealth. They literally wrote the book on it, The Best-Selling Nomad Capitalist. Find it on Amazon. If you're an entrepreneur or investor and believe you're paying too much in tax, or if you'd like to get a second passport or a third passport like I have, to expand your options and not have to be relying on one government, there are legal ways to do this. Nomad Capitalist has been assisting over a thousand clients for the last 10 years. You can check out their 2,000 plus educational YouTube videos and nearly 2,000 blogs. Just go to nomadcapitalist.com, learn how they can help you legally reduce your tax bill, expand your options globally, and navigate the algorithm ghetto. I mean, what, what you said was also fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking it and seeing that here. I mean, you got... Musk was recently in in uh, Nuevo León. They're going to bring in Tesla factory there. Uh, you know, other Asian corporations, companies coming in China. I, I, I don't remember. Uh, you know, further EV factories. Uh, there were recent. Uh, you know, recently uh, semiconductor. Uh, you know, heads of semiconductor in, in industries. I think Korea and elsewhere coming in to to decide whether it's viable for them to open up in Mexico. So there's a lot, uh, and the foreign FDI is increasing. Uh, it might even hit a record. So th that's all coming in, uh, as you said. And I, I was reading as well that it, there was an article here in Mexico saying that uh, they don't have enough workers. Uh, there's not enough workers uh, or not enough uh, qualified workers. So again, that just speaks to what you're saying. Economically, Mexico is on the way up. The issue is that still the security issue. What's also increasing, which is depressing for me, uh, the number of highway bandits, uh, especially here in Jalisco, where I am, where these these all of these, you know, these industries, the, the semis that are transporting stuff, they're getting held up and the goods uh, taken. So that is a, that is a problem. But, you know, apart from the security issue, it, you know, hopefully that doesn't get worse. The, the, the definitely the FDI is, is coming in and things are looking economically up in uh, Mexico. And maybe they then you, you mentioned XRP Ripple, uh, which jumped. The other day because the uh it was not ruled uh i think uh security so it it was judged in in, in favor of xrp ripple uh, you know unfortunately on the other hand lbry library odyssey um, yeah L lbry uh it they, they ruled against uh them and i've interviewed the head of uh jeremy kaufman uh on my tnt radio show the head of uh odyssey and, and you know th this goes out this video goes out to Odyssey, and he, they just said that they'll be shutting down LBRY. They're separate, Odyssey and LBRY. But I still, I don't know what's going to happen uh, to to Odyssey. I hope it still uh, continues because YouTube just gave me a strike on my past uh, interviews. So we need platforms like LBRY and and Odyssey. But you talk about water uh, stable coins. Uh, th this is interesting. What, what what's going on here? Okay, so let's set the stage here. There is no worldwide water market, unlike, you know, uh, pig belly, pork bellies, or you know, other commodities. There's no worldwide trading of water. The the price of water is incredibly uh, diverse. You know, the cheapest Colorado River water is around twenty five dollars an acre foot. That's one acre, one foot deep. About a household of four for a year uses an acre foot of water. So twenty five dollars is four households. The most expensive 
is uh, down is what San Diego is paying on the margin, which is thirteen hundred and fifty dollars for the same acre foot. That's a huge differential. Um, so, what do you do when you're you know the re- the whole reason for commodity markets is to seek stability by buying for, uh, future um, contracts, hedging your costs. But right now, if I'm in Northern California with skyrocketing prices of water, I can't hedge with Singapore water. It's impossible. doesn't happen. Well, what we realized was as we're rolling out this water on demand concept, now you have business customers paying by the gallon. And it's a much more um, even because it's a process, a commercial process that's roughly the same everywhere. And it's processing the same water and there's small variations in toxicity levels. But in general, you've got a pretty stable price for water and every single gallon has money attached to it. Back in 2018, I was working on, I was an early pioneer uh, back then of something called Water Chain, which was a blockchain water product uh, token. But we ran up against the fact, again, that where's the water price? there's There's no water economy beyond local. So all water is local because it's you're not going to send a pipeline from the Carolinas to New York. It's too expensive, right, uh, for the price of water, even when it's a lot, because it's one of the cheapest things around. So what we realized was, as we grow the water on demand network, we will have an increasing amount of water being processed, and the stakeholders are getting their royalties. And those royalties right now are, are are being paid by ACH, you know, automated clearinghouse because it's relatively simple. But we said, well, why don't, why don't we um, instead, uh, let's say that you, Hervoye, go ahead and invest in a, um, you know, a, a piece of water on demand. Uh, one of our, um, uh, we have a series of funds that we create. So you have a piece of one and now you're going to start getting your percentage. Well, how about... You instead get a, a token that is that your contract and all the future revenue from that contract, and automatically there are payments happening. That means you can transfer that contract, and that now starts to eventually create a marketplace where people can trade these water tokens. And um, the key to getting there and which is why we're not doing it right now, is we need to replicate the water-on-demand model in other regions. As we perfect it here and get momentum and so forth, we then want to do a deal with a financial player in um, the Middle East, let's say Dubai, uh, in Singapore, in Tokyo, et cetera, um, to essentially replicate what we have. And now we'll have carbon copies of water-on-demand throughout the world and it's going to take a decade. It's not going to happen overnight, but it is, it's one of those things, you know, I was in high tech for years before this, and this network effect is real. You know, each, the, the, the value of the network increases by the square of uh, each node, right? It's geometrical progression. So the more of these we create, the more of these sort of this um, de facto standard of the water on demand royalty which we've um, named, we have, we have dollar symbol H2O is, is the name of it. 
And it's kind of like a digital bond in a way. It's, it is a security, no question about it. We're not saying it's not because you're receiving um, dividend income. That's, and no bones about it. Um, and that's less of an issue in, in um, non-US jurisdiction. But you know, if you're not fighting being a security, there's no issue. The SEC will find you a security, be regulated as a security. Everything's great. So that's that's the plan. Um, we, as I say, we don't have a problem right now. Um, you know, we have, you know, I think our total um, origin clear investor base of regular re- repeat investors is about I don't know three or four hundred. So it's not a lot of people, even as they're being converted over to water on demand. But when it gets to 1,000, 10,000, it gets to multinational replicate, replicants of water on demand, eventually we will have a worldwide water market, and that will be a stunning development, in my opinion. We, yeah, you, you answered uh, a number of my questions there. And so, uh, pun intended, I, I'm stealing this from you. We've covered sort of the waterfront. Uh, and uh, is there anything you know that I haven't brought up uh, th- that's also, uh, you know, an important, important, uh, issue that you'd like to get across. No, I think we've done a good job. Uh, the main thing to remember is that, um, the U S does not recycle water and that's a major, major flaw. And it's caused by the same problem that the energy grid has, which is it's a one way system. The dirty water goes to the city and the city treats it and dumps it clean. I'm not saying it's not treated, but it's been wasted. And water is becoming much, much too precious to do that to. And so recycling is critical. The only way it's going to happen is if we modernize. Um, Israel has very high recycling rates, almost 90%. But they're able to do that because number one, their command economy, what they say goes. It's very, very homogenous. Secondly, it's relatively new uh, uh, water treatment systems. The U.S. is is not in that place, so we're not going to rebuild these things anytime soon. The way to do it is small is beautiful. Do it one place at a time, and then it's economically um, ra- uh, rationalized by, hey, you know, I've got a water bill. I'm going to reduce it by sprinkling my lawn with my leftover water, and now you've got really um, water independence. It's it's actually super exciting. Um, it's in the same vein as the energy thing, but here's the big difference. The, where the energy utilities are resisting solar and trying to tax it and trying to have fees and so forth. The water industry is delighted to let uh, industry and agriculture do their own treatment. They're actually driving it. A lot of large companies, PepsiCo, for example, has committed to 80% reuse of their water. And that Great. That means they have to have their own plant and the water districts are happy with that. So this is a golden era really where the utilities are very happy with the unburdening that goes on. And once you unburden, now you can start helping you and me, the regular people. In Ireland, fresh water is free. It should be free in America too. And it can be if all the budgets are devoted to the people and not industry and agriculture. So that's really our mission. Um, you know, I would love it if if uh, any of your listeners want to join, simply go to originclear.com. There's an invest now button. You will get to talk very quickly to the co-creator of Water on Demand, Ken Berenger. We're still very early, so you can still talk to him directly. 
And it's a fascinating briefing, and I strongly recommend it. Very, very cool. Uh, again, the links will be in the description, originclear.com. People can go there. And as well, you've got, uh, as you mentioned, YouTube uh, channel uh, briefings. People can consume that uh, content. Uh, and um, you're also appearing on, on podcasts as well. That, that, that list is there. So, uh, you know, what more can we say? Uh, water, it's going to be very important from here on out. And uh, thanks for being on Geopolitics and Empire. Yes, and I'd like to invite you and your listeners to sign up for my weekly CEO briefing every Thursday night. We're up to number 220. So um, probably less than you, but you know, we, we are the most transparent public company in America, I believe. Join us every Thursday night, and it'll be a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes, Facebook restricts our page, Reddit and Twitter take down posts, and after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help geopolitics and empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.